I was thinking as I was sitting there and we were singing those, uh, those last two songs about all the beautiful symbols that we have in our church that help us to uh, think about our faith. And for some that have been around the church a long time, um, it's just kind of natural and we associate certain things in the building, for example, or, or objects that we have and we associate them with our faith. But a lot of people haven't been around the church for a long time and they might not have any association to the things that might be important to me. I'm just thinking, for example, the communion table and how, for me, this table represents the holiness of God. And in the tabernacle, in the temple, there were certain objects that were there and they represented the holiness of God. And people connected to the holiness of God as they saw certain things and uh, it reminded them. And, uh, and then uh, I think example of the cross and how the cross is so meaningful to us as a symbol of the Christian faith. And how many people wear necklaces around their, their neck and, and they think of the importance of this symbol. It represents something very, very deep. Communion that we're celebrating today represents the body and the blood of Jesus. And, and so when we, uh, when we receive communion, we're reminded that Jesus is life spiritually just as bread is life physically for us Jesus is life spiritually for us and I'll just add one more thing to it it wasn't really in my notes to think about but I realize we have a lot of new people in our church who haven't been around our church very long or maybe haven't attended church or haven't been a long time but there's something else to the front of the church that Honestly, we haven't used much lately, and that's the altars. The altars on both sides here are these wooden places that, over the years in the, in the history of our church, the altars have been very important to our worship because it represented a place to pray. And I was just thinking as, as I was thinking about the symbols that how important a place to pray is and whether it's a physical altar at the front of the church or a place in your home or you can pray right where you're at. I, I want you to know that the altars of our church represent something very special and very important and maybe we need to be reminded again of how important it is and maybe even to come to the altars and, and just pour out our hearts to the Lord. We began a sermon series this fall um, from the parables of Jesus. I apologize. I see that my uh, Ukrainian text didn't translate in the right size. I'm sorry about that. I was hoping it would, but uh, it doesn't look like it has. So I'll have to figure that out and work on that. Um, but our fall sermon series is about the parables of Jesus. Uh, stories that Jesus told that had a deeper meaning and a connection also to everyday life. I mean, things that Jesus told in his parables were just things that 
came out of what he did when he worked with his hands as a carpenter. And what he saw when he interacted with, with people in the marketplace. And, and certainly, many of the parables, some that we're looking at in the month of September, are parables that came from Jesus simply watching people in their gardens or on the farm. And seeing the things that people would connect to and understand. And then another one is just from the life of growing up, Jesus, I'm sure, watching his mother Mary and others bake bread and how important bread was the importance and the, the meaning of life. Jesus was an incredible teacher. And so I invite you when you read the parables, and you read every word from the mouth of God, as one translation says, to understand that Jesus was so wise and insightful that he could look into the people's hearts and he could perceive things that they might not even realize are there. And today, I believe, as we look at a parable of Jesus, that, that there's the potential that God can speak to you about your heart and your life simply from his teaching and this parable that we're going to read. Every story that Jesus told kind of had an obvious meaning, but it also had a deeper meaning. And it spoke to the hearts of every person who would truly listen. I said before, and I'll say it again, Jesus said so many times, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. For these Sundays in September, we're reading parables about growth. We're reading parables about what it means to be growing as a Christian. What it means that there's a beginning point, and it's so important that you have that beginning place when you ask Jesus into your heart and you say, yes, I choose to be a Christian. I want to be a Christian. And uh, the parables that are about growth help us to understand how we grow as Christians and how God watches us in the process. The truth is, God wants you to grow in your faith. Just like every little tiny green sprout you see, and whether it's a weed or it's in your garden or it's grass, or as you look at nature, think about all the places and stages of growth that the master creator has designed in the green plant world. And realize that he compares that and there are comparisons to that in Jesus' parables and teaching about how we grow as Christians. And paying attention to that growth is so important and so special and, and something that we don't want to ever lose sight of and lose track of. And today, so we're going to read one of those parables. It's called the parable of the mustard seed. There's actually two parables in the words I'm going to read. One is about the mustard seed and the other is about yeast and about bread. And how it takes uh, just a little bit of yeast in the dough in order for that to grow and get bigger and then be baked and feed people life. And so this morning especially, I want you to think about how your faith grows and this parable of the mustard seed as I read from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, I'm going to read from verses 31 through 35 of these two parables. Hear them and hear the word of the Lord. He told them another parable. 
The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in the field. Would you go on to that next screen, please? The next one. The next one. Thank you. These parables are about your faith. Listen now to the parable. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in the ground. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked it through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowds in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. These parables are about your faith. Every one of us that are here today, Jesus says something to us about our faith. Whether it is extremely small faith, and maybe we would say we have no faith at all. Some people would say that all the way up to people that have had a strong and growing faith for many years. Each of the parables speak to us where we're at in our lives about our faith. The choice we make about believing God. Faith is believing God for what He says and who He is. Faith is a step that we take from what we know for sure and we can see with our hands or see with our eyes and feel with our hands. And then we have to jump across this chasm that we cannot see, we cannot touch to the side that says, I believe God for who you are and what you say and what you've revealed in the Bible, in the scriptures. Your faith is very important. The word faith, I want you to think about that word faith for a moment. Your faith is very important. It's very important to God. It's one of those things that God is looking for when he looks down from the throne of heaven. He's looking for faith. Jesus talked about looking for faith in the people that he ministered to. He said a couple times, your faith is greater than anyone else I've seen. And he is interested in your faith. So just today, if we could think about a few minutes, the importance of your faith. Listen to the the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Would you go to that one, please? Well, that was that one I can't read. Go to the next one. Thank you. I'm sorry that the words got scrambled and and uh, I'll have to work on that. I didn't know somehow when it's projected here, it's different than it's on my computer. We'll, we'll have to work on that. But listen to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists And that he rewards those that diligently seek him. Do you realize that there is no substitute for not making the choice to believe God? God will not force you to believe him. And nobody can believe what God says for you. There's nobody else in your life that can take that place of your faith. 
There's nobody else that says, well, you know, I believe and I know, so my, my child will be a Christian. It doesn't work that way. We can have much, much, much influence, but we cannot believe for anybody else. We can't believe for a girlfriend. We can't believe for a son or a daughter. We can't believe for a brother. We can't believe for a best friend. Every person must have faith. Now, there are bridges and influences that God uses people that have faith to bridge the gap toward people so that they can see genuineness and respond to it. But in the end, every single individual must choose faith. No matter how young you are or how old you are, you have an opportunity, if you understand me speaking today, to know that you have to choose faith for yourself and in your life. Your faith is your choice. Uh, your faith is, you might say your faith is up to you. How strong is your faith today? When you think about your faith, I just ask you to, to think about how strong it is. Is it strong? Is it weak? Is it small? Is it large? There's a variety here, I'm sure, today. People with different places in their lives and different levels of faith. But every one of us is at some point in our lives, we're like this little seed that Jesus said. Some have very, very, very tiny faith, but it's there. And God can work that. And God can change us and help us based on the faith that we have. Our faith is a choice. No one can make it for you. No one can believe God. No one can follow God for you. But God loves you and so much wants to, wants to reach out to you that he has already taken steps towards you. God already has given that seed. God already puts in your life, in your heart, in your experiences. Number one, he made you a spiritual creature. You have a living soul. You were made in his image. And God puts within us this certain need, this certain question, this certain wonderment about life where we're wondering, is God there? And how can I relate to him? God puts that in our lives. God also sends things ahead of us to remind us, to pique our interest, to help us to know that we're spiritual beings. The book of Ecclesiastes talks about how how God puts in the hearts of man a sense of eternity. That we understand something about eternity because of the nature of life and, and all these things. God puts into our hearts this sense of, of being. God loves you so much that he wants you to take that step toward him. But faith is your choice. Hebrews says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed. Would you see if you could find that please? Thank you. I'm a little bit confused with my slides. And I'm sorry about that. Uh, but I really wanted this to be on the screen. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. That's kind of the beginning part of faith. Is believing that God is the creator. God created the heavens and the earth. The opening verses of, of the Bible, the book of Genesis says. And by faith we accept that. We believe that. We understand that. Now go to that next slide please. Okay. But your faith in God and who God is has to be planted. It has, you have to take that seed of believing God that he's the creator. And you have to plant that. 
That has to be in soil that will be nourished and taken care of and so that you can, can sprout roots and you can become stronger. That seed has the potential of life, but that seed is not life itself, but it has every possibility of life. And your faith must be planted. You must make a choice and say, I believe. When that seed is planted, then you are saying, I believe that God is who he says he is, and I am turning toward him. A little bit of faith says, I am open to him. I will listen to what he says. I will ask in my heart and my spirit who God is and what does he say to me. And and I'll consider the claims of Jesus. Was he the son of God? Did he die on a cross and did he die for my sins? See, everybody has that beginning seed of faith, but it has to be nourished for that to grow and be stronger. Some people have chosen that growth. And that little mustard seed that started, I mean, you know how big a mustard seed is. You understand the, the parable of Jesus he talked about this seed that is so small. I, I, I bought a jar of mustard seeds once for a sermon many years ago. And, you know, I, I gave everybody a mustard seed, but they lost them real fast, you know. But, you know, the, that little mustard seed you put on top of your finger, you can barely see it. They are little. They are small. And that's what Jesus says your faith is in the beginning, the opening time. But God can take that and with great potential can turn that into something taller and stronger so that that seed will sprout and it will grow bigger and stronger. And eventually, it's the largest of all the garden variety plants, Jesus says. So in the, in the garden that Jesus imagines, he sees these mustard trees that are 12, 15 feet high. They're not really plants like garden plants, but compared to the garden plants, they're humongous. And even the birds of the air will come and, and uh, a nest in them. God will help your faith to grow. If you are willing to listen and respond to him, God will help you to grow. I'll give you a little example. Last week I was in my pool real late at night. I had gotten home and I was so sweaty. And I had been out running and it was real hot then. I came home about 10.30, and I said, Honey, you know what I want to do for 10 minutes? I know what you want to do. Go ahead, you know. So I go out, and I get in my pool, and it's dark. I don't turn any lights on in the back porch or anything, and I go out there, and I lay, lay back on my back in the water. I just kind of float there. I look up, and there were so many stars. I couldn't hardly believe it. The sky was white. And I'm laying there thinking about the glory of God and the creation of God and all the things around me that show the beauty of the Creator. And I, I just felt so strongly. And then I think about holding a baby. Think about my grandchildren. Now every time I play with one of them and see in their eyes life and, and I think about and I imagine how precious life is I realize that God has a plan for that. He has a plan for that little baby to grow. God designed inside the genes and the genetics of that baby that it will take steps and it will learn to talk and it will learn to respond and it will get older and older and older and mature and it will be someday an adult. Someday it will make more babies. God has a plan for growth for everything he created and he made. 
And He has a plan for you and for me spiritually. He doesn't leave you alone, but He wants you to grow in your faith. Your faith has to be nurtured. It has to be watered. You have to be listening and praying and reading and acting, uh, acting out your faith. In order for your faith to grow, you have to work with it. You have to work it. It's not like God says, okay, I give you this seed, it's, and we'll just put it in the ground, and we'll see what happens in 15 years. No. When God puts that seed out there for you, it's up to you what you're going to do with it. And whether or not you will get closer to God, and you will grow in your faith, and you will be stronger in your faith, or you'll be like a little seed that stays in the ground, and never sprouts. There are a lot of seeds that do that. They never sprout. But the choice is up to you. What you do with yourself. And what you do with your life. Do you cherish the mustard seed in your life, in your heart? Do you cherish what God has given you? God wants you to embrace it and enjoy it. God wants you to hold on to it. Is that seed inside of you still alive? Is that seed need doesn't need to be nourished in your heart and your life? You might be at the place in your life when you've kind of given up on God. He's not given up on you. He is calling to you. He is reaching out to you. I heard this story a long time ago. I, I, I don't know when. I think I was in seminary. Maybe it was, I knew it. I told this story in one of my first sermons at uh, Rosedale. And you've heard this story. I've probably told it here too. But you know, about uh, 40 years ago in, in uh, Egypt, they, were, they had discovered an, an old tomb, of course, that had a sarcophagus in it and at all kinds of things from thousands of years ago. And uh, it was a great discovery. And so they were bringing things out and cleaning them up and putting them on display. And, and uh, they found this jar, a uh, small jar with a lid on it. And they, they opened it up and inside were some seeds. They were uh, some kind of a pea seed, some kind of a garden variety that was buried with the uh, with the uh, uh, the Pharaoh that was buried there, and and they wondered is is like fifteen or twenty seeds, and been in that jar for two thousand years. They took some of them out, and they put them in a little dirt, and they put a little water on them, and they watched them. Sure enough, in just a few days, they came to life, and they began to sprout, and they grew. 2,000 years they had been in that pot in the, in the Egyptian tomb. God is able to take the seeds of our lives and give them life. I want to say to you, if you're here today and your seed has been dormant a long time, and in your heart you say, I don't have anything, I want you to know that God sees your life. And he sees the potential of your life. And he wants to make you grow. The fact that you're here today 
is an opportunity and a great privilege to know that God cares about your heart and your life. And He wants to make you grow. He wants you to sense His Spirit and His presence and His help. He wants you to know that He has a plan for your future. God has a plan for every person here this morning. Just like He does for every seed that comes up of the ground of trees and plants. God has a plan for that. God knows the possibilities. God knows what's ahead in your life. You're not alone. But God is there to help you. Two things about your faith as I come to an end here this morning. One is this. God treasures your life. The seed is important. God cares about your life. And today, if you're here, I want you to know that no matter what your path has been, God wants what's best for you in your life. Your life has great value to the Creator. Your life has great value to the One who created you, who designed you, who made you. The One who saw man fall into sin and sent His own Son to die on the cross for your sins. So your future is special. It's yet to be written. What's going to happen in your life is yet to be seen, yet to be known, yet to be written. And so I say to you this morning, don't waste your life. Sometimes I feel like yelling that from the rooftop of the church. Your life is yet to be written and don't waste it. Sometimes I feel like I want to say to people, especially young people, but sometimes it's older people or middle don't waste these years. Don't waste the seed. Don't waste that God is watching you and loves you and cares about you and has a future for you. Take responsibility. Humble yourself before God. God has a future for you. Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Today, what are you doing with a mustard seed that God gave you? Would you stand, please? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you today that you care deeply about us and about our faith. I pray that we would know that you do not want to leave us alone. But God, you have something to say to us today. I pray that we would say, God, help me to nurture my faith. Help me to take responsibility for my life and my future. And that I won't waste it, I pray. Thank you for the parables. Thank you for the yeast and the bread and for the mustard seed. Help us to learn what you want us to learn today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before you leave today, if you want to, I want to invite you to go down the ramp to the fellowship hall. And there, I believe, you will find bread that has been prepared for you today. If you would like a small piece of bread as a reminder of how important you are to God. Kara Leitzel, I don't see her up here. She was going to come up right at the end, but she's probably in the fellowship hall. Is she there? Scott, where is she? Is she bringing the bread up or are we going to go to the fellowship hall?
Okay, all right. Wait a minute here. All right, Kara. All right. You all get a bite of bread if you would like one as you go today. Exit out that way. And uh, thank you. Thank you, Kara. And if you'd like a piece of bread, go see one of these three carrying a tray of that. And uh, thank you for baking that this morning. Thanks for being here. Bye-bye.